welcome to the Comfort Monk Podcast. This week we've got uh, Julie Carr from the band Central World. She's also a solo artist. She was in a band called uh, Bad Magic back in the day. Um, you know, transplant from Gainesville, the city of punk rock, to uh, Richmond, Virginia, which is another great city of punk rock. We talked about that a little bit um, in our interview. We talked a lot about Jason Molina and his effect on, you know, just music in general. Um, but yeah, I think y'all hopefully really enjoy this one. Um, it was real fun. We were just kind of cracking each other up at points. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm excited to hear it. I I like what I've heard of her music a lot. Um, her voice kind of makes me think of a, a friend's band called Neighbor Lady, um, based out of Atlanta. Um, similar kind of uh, vocal inflections and stuff going on there. But I, I really enjoyed what I've heard, man, um, and I'm excited to hear how the interview went. Yeah, I really like her band, Central World, you know, in addition to her solo stuff. Uh, they're, you know, kind of kind of punk rock, but not what you'd expect if you if you grew up listening to 80s and 90s punk rock. Uh, a lot of the guitars are kind of cleaner, and they, they might have some kind of a, a little more effects and noise generation and stuff going on. Right. Um, and less just crunchy distortion right. and it fast It seems like drums. A, lot of, a lot of the bite is kind of almost in the vocal delivery rather than in the guitars, which is a, a cool change of pace. Um, but yeah, well, should we, should we jump into it and let the people hear it? Yeah. Y'all right. enjoy. This is Julie Carr on Comfort Monk Podcast. If you like it, please uh, subscribe. Yeah. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, sub- subscribe, rating, and reviewing goes a long way, guys. So if you feel inclined to, it would mean a lot to us. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Enjoy. If you hear like weird, uh, like crunching sounds in the background, that is my dog who I kept a special treat for so that she would be occupied the entire time that we're talking. But she's also <laughs> just, like doing this like right by there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you want to talk? What are we going to talk about? <laughs> um. So I was planning on talking about the last, the Central World LP. But then I saw that you just released something like two days ago, so oh. <laughs> unexpectedly. Um, yeah, I, I kind of unexpectedly to myself also. I don't. Yeah, um, it was um, back in so like before I ever started playing in in bands. I had done like solo stuff for a while and did that for a few years. And then realized that I liked playing louder and faster uh, more. And so I switched to, uh, before I was in Central World, I was in a band called Bad Magic, which is like uh, more akin to what you hear on the solo stuff or with the songs with the, the um, drums in it anyway. Um, and did, yeah, I just had a few songs that I'd written um, over the last year or two. And then some songs I had done previously, a few with, um, with Bad Magic that I just wanted to kind of hear a different way. Um, 
and I've been sitting on them for a while and not really sure what I wanted to do. And also just always like that kind of, I like that, that like, Oh, I don't think I like this or, you know, the constantly just kind of like, uh, this isn't like perfect. Um, and eventually just kind of, um, uh, I think with all this was just kind of like, you know what, fuck it. Let's just like put it, you know, put it out there. Like I, and then I also like, I so recorded it with, um, my friend Kyle Gilbride up in, um, in Philly. I went up there for a weekend. I'd had another friend lined up to do drums, um, who had some last minute stuff pop up and they weren't able to, to help out. So my friend Jared, um, who's an amazing drummer, he's in Screaming Females and he like came over like 15 minutes after I gave him a call, um, and just like learned songs really quickly. And, um, and it was great and he's great and I can't thank him enough. Um, and uh, yeah, I did that back in November. And then shortly before all that, it was like this kind of perfect storm of like things that sucked where like I had, um, we played Central World to play a show out of town and my bag filled with like, you know, effect pedals and things that I use largely for solo stuff um, ended up getting um, left behind. And so I was missing a lot of the pedals that I normally use. Um, and not that I use a lot of pedals, but like they're, they're crucial. Um, and then when I got to Philly, the amp, the solo amp that I usually play out of was really weird and rattly. So we used a different amp. And so I think at first when I listened to everything, it was like, this isn't what I intended it like to sound like. And I was kind of bummed on it. Um, and then put it down for a few months and came back to it. Uh, when all this, like, you know, when coronavirus, um, shit like started hitting the fan and listened to it again, I was like, Oh, there's nothing wrong here. Um, <laughs> um, and there's like also nothing else to do. So I might as well just put this out in the world. Um, and it kind of relieves any pressure of like, you know, like with, with my solo stuff, I've always been really terrible about like getting, like talking to labels or doing any of that. And it was like, well, now that no one's touring and no one's worrying about that, I don't have to worry about any of that pressure. I'll just put it on Bandcamp and if people want to listen, they want to listen. And now I don't have to worry about it. Um, so that's what I did. <laughs> um, yeah. And Chris, um, De Benedetto, he, uh, is the other guitar player in Central World and he, um, he, he mastered it. Um, so it's a family affair. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I loved it. I've listened to it a couple of times oh, since yeah. it came out. Oh, cool. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> I, I love the style. Um, and it, it's, it's funny you're talking about kind of the, the role of, uh, putting out a record on a record label and stuff like mm -hmm. that and how you can kind of you know, go back and forth about it or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking the other day, um, you know, people that have record contracts that stipulate mm -hmm. that they can't just put stuff out when they want mm -hmm. to, that must be awful at, at this time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think I was also like, you know, Fiona Apple like moved up the date on when she put out her stuff. And I think that was just kind of like, yeah, fuck it. I think people just want to like, you know, people don't really have much else to do. And so it's just like, except for stare at our phone and look at what's coming up um, new. It's like, why don't, like, yeah, there's no, like this are the the right circumstances to put this out. Um, just sad, depressing songs to sit in your room to. Um, so <laughs> um, it made sense. And yeah, I don't know. I've never uh, like 
that felt like I was really well equipped to do a record label route. I don't know. It's like the, yeah, no one's ever, well, yeah, no one's ever really asked me. A few people have talked to me about it, but it's always been like abstract. And then I've never, I also don't want to put on like a friend's label, like, Hey, can you put something out that I may not be able to like tour in any real big way or push in any real way and just ask you to make a big financial commitment to something that may not come to fruition on your part. Um, and may not come to, and may not be that good. Um, so yeah, it just kind of, it felt less stressful. It seems like certain roles that record labels filled in the past can kind of be filled with, mm-hmm. you know, it's easier to do it yourself mm-hmm. more than ever now. Yeah. I mean, it's still, I think there's always a, um, you know, other things like record labels also are our curators of, of music and there are definitely record labels I look to where I'm just like oh I've never heard of this band but I like this label so I'm going to check it out um and so there's always you know there are positives with that it's good to have people who have your back who get, kind of take on um the, the brunt of things to on the get-go and also just like your hype man who get you know people talking about it and buzz about it um who you know know the right person to contact it at this, uh, you know, whatever website that's reviewing stuff, or sometimes I'm just, I don't know. Uh, like, yeah, it was interesting. Central World, we did do like some press and like get folks to to kind of look at things, and it was interesting to kind of see that be part of it. But also, sometimes it felt like, oh, the only people who are reading and looking at this are other people who do like PR and music in the music world. Um, not, which isn't the worst thing in the world, you know, to just hear other people like see your name and see like what's going on there. But yeah, I don't know. It just didn't, uh, it didn't fit what this, like the solo stuff was, I guess. Yeah. yeah I, I know what you mean. Uh, and I'm not bad mouthing labels. We're actually, uh, <laughs> Comfort Monk, the yeah. podcast that we have, uh, we actually have a couple of records coming out this year. Uh, I, I see people rescheduling tours for like August and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't even know if the venues are going to be yeah. open by then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause initially, so central world, we were um, when all this is happening, we were planning a West coast tour uh, with dark thoughts. It was going to start in mid May. And at first when everything started happening, it was like, well, you know, let's like, let's hold out. And I talked to a friend who, um, who works for a label who, um, you know, obviously works with a bunch of touring bands and got insight from her. And she's like, yeah, you know, all the bands who we have booked in April were, we're having them cancel it, but with everybody else, we're having them proceed with caution. And like the fights will be the last thing we buy, but just go for it. And then a week later, I like, as everything kind of like shifted and it got a little heavier and real. I hit her up again. It was like, Hey, what's it looking like now? And she's like, Oh no, everything's canceled until like the fall at least. It's like, all right, cool. So we canceled, uh, the West coast tour, which is, which is like what needed to happen. And it was kind of a relief, like when the decision was just made, but also, you know, it sucks. I love, I love dark thoughts. I like tour a lot. And I don't know, the West coast is always fun. Yeah. Um, not to get on a tangent too much, but uh, you mentioned recording in Philly and uh, mm-hmm. Dark Dark Thoughts is a Philly band, right? They are, yeah. Uh, do you have some kind of connection with Philly? 
Um, it has become a connection with Philly. I don't think that I'm, I grew, I grew up in, um, in Florida. Um, and, uh, there's, yeah, somehow just, you know, Florida, I mean, we are like, I think the third or fourth most populated state. So it makes sense that people kind of shift and move around and do stuff. Um, but the Philly connections have become super, um, like we went and played a show there, um, with, with Dark Thoughts on, on New Year's. We played up there a lot. The label that we're on, um, uh, Stupid Bag is also out of Philly. Um, the guitar, our guitar player, Chris, lived in Philly and it's the same label as Dark Thoughts. Um, our guitar player, Chris, lived in Philly for a year and made some good friendships up there as well. Um, and we just all, I had a, a, a bunch of friends who've up there kind of all at the same time. Um, so it's like a little home away from home of sorts. I don't know. It definitely feels like, it, it feels like home, but you're just sleeping on a couch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. And no, that's cool. That's a, that's a cool city. Um, and you're located yeah. in, in Richmond, which is also a super cool city mm-hmm. for music. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I grew up in, in Gainesville, Florida, which is also a cool, especially like in the, like the nineties and the like, you know, 2010s, 80s, um, was a, a cool time to be a kid going to shows. Um, so, but I, I think I took for granted and just thought that like every city had like a really cool bustling music scene. <laughs> um, and, and <laughs> uh, the older I get and like go visit places, you know, I'm just like, so what the, you know, what the fuck do you do in Arlington? Um, like that kind of thing. It's just, uh, yeah, it has been interesting. Like, oh, wow. But then that's where all the true freaks are, you know, like kids who like don't have access to like, like my friends who grew up in like middle of nowhere, uh like a, um, not middle of nowhere, but just like, you know, uh, places in like central Florida where you have to drive like 30 minutes to get to your friend's house. And that's like, not, not even like, seems like a far drive. Like they're the ones who would do, who've always been like doing just like the freakiest, weirdest, like bedroom pop, like crazy shit or, and then come out and like start playing shows and are the ones who are just, you know, like yeah, like yelling, screaming, bleeding on stage, um, stuff like that. And it's just, it's incredible. Um, but they, yeah, but they, they need it. They, they haven't had it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely see that. I'm, I'm, I'm in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Um, well, yeah. And we have a pretty good music scene. Uh, and there's a place in the upstate called Rock Hill. And they have a mm-hmm. art school and pretty much nothing else. So playing yeah. shows there is amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's cool to go to those, to those towns where it's just, uh, I'm forgetting where, uh, like towns where they just don't get a lot of people coming through. And so when there is a show, like everybody just needs it and you get like everybody out there, like all, all walks of life. And Gainesville can be that same way too. Cause it's, it's a big music city, but it's also a small, like a small city, it's like, um, maybe 200,000 people now. Um, and so everybody comes out for the shows and it's just, you know, that there isn't this kind of like, Oh, well, we're the, you know, these are the hardcore kids and these are the, uh, crossover new metal. I like, or, you know, <laughs> whatever. <I don't> know. <laughs> um, these are hard, like, yeah, these are our crest buddies. Um, and it's cool to see that. And like, and just, uh, yeah, how crazy the like kids get and just how excited they are just to have a show, uh, there and it doesn't matter. They might think your band is like, you know, like if when they listen to it afterwards, they might think it sucks, but they're we're the biggest fucking like 
yeah, like wild person like at the at the show itself. Um, it's cool. It's cool to see that. It's sad to, that that's not uh, not happening right now. The kids need a need an outlet. <laughs> yeah, you need somewhere to to run around and get sweaty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's strange. I don't know. Uh, have you done other interviews like since all this has happened? Uh, it, they've actually increased in frequency. I don't think those two things are unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. People definitely have a little bit more time on their hands to, uh, to do stuff like that. Um, yeah. What's kind of been, I don't know, what are you hearing from people or common themes with, especially like playing live and whatnot? Uh, I think a lot of people are missing playing live. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of musicians though, typically live kind of quarantine ish lives or at least some yeah. of the people we've talked to. Um, mm-hmm. so I think, I think some of their, their takes are basically like, I spend a lot of time recording mm-hmm. songs in my living room anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had more of a setup for that, but I've also been like, I remember when stuff like first started happening, like talking to, um, talking to a friend of mine, he's like, Oh, I bet, you know, you're playing a lot more like writing new shit. And I was like, I'm not <laughs> um, like in part, I've just been really busy, but also just like digesting everything that's going on. Um, yeah. I've been writing a bit more, but not like playing. I just started doing, I did my first like Instagram live thing the other day. It was way more stressful than I thought it would be, like way more stressful. Um, and then I kept looking at the screen and like would see, you know, things. And uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't like that. I don't know if that's for me. I bet um, so. It, it's not, I do appreciate the stage it and the Instagram live and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, it's a different art form. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't know. It just was. Usually when we play live, I like kind of zone out anyway, and I just kind of pick a place and like stare at it, or I just close my eyes because I get super easily distracted. But like, I'm also not that self-aware because it's just, okay, this is a contained, you know, 20 minute happening and then it's just done. And maybe somebody took a video of it or, you know, but it's really grainy and on a phone and it's going to be on their Instagram stories for like a day and then it's gone. Um, Or maybe someone took a picture. That's it. But with this, it's just, it's so, you can just see, you know, like I, like I watched it afterwards and it's just like, God damn, I really do close my eyes like so much when I'm playing. Um, and yeah, or like little quirks and weirdness. And it was hard to get out of my head when I was playing, uh, doing that. But, um, but it's also kind of the way it is right now. So maybe I should get used to it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think some people are doing it as kind of more of an exercise than a performance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. So we, we've recently had uh, Peter Alvanos from Elf Power on the show. Yeah. Uh, and every day he gets on and plays one song. Which That's cool. Yeah. You know. I did. That's what I, I started. Um, I've been playing a lot of covers. It's been really fun to like dive into. I read something um, or maybe it was like on NPR that um like singing along to music is uh gives off like some like similar endorphins to like human touch um and so some of it is just kind of like we need kind of like nostalgia a little bit in that because it's the you know 
um, it, it feels good. If it has a similar kind of, uh, I don't know, brain responses like a hug or being in a crowded room. Um, so I kind of embrace like learning, learning covers and playing a lot of that just for myself. Um, but yeah, I think I might do that, but I, I agree with him that like the a one a day thing is I think about, I think it's, it's interesting and neat for me to like, you know, kind of stay with it or learn something new. Um, and I think that it's about all people really want to digest largely, you know, unless you're like, like a bigger artist where people are very familiar with like everything you've ever done. Uh, you know, maybe they want like a, you know, a 45 minute hour long set, but usually people have the attention span. I feel like for maybe one or two songs, I feel like that way for me, like when I'm watching those videos, I'm like, oh, this is great. Gotta go. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's cool to see it. And it's always like a, a nice, fun surprise when it's there. There's a, a, a Central World video on YouTube that I've watched a few times, um, oh, wow. a live show. And it looks like it's in a basement and it looks like somebody's like on the steps going out of the basement. I don't know if you've oh. seen it or not. I think I have. Um, I think. Oh wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's from Bunker. Is that Bunker House? That sounds fitting. <laughs> I think it is Bunker. I think it is a Bunker House. That was one of our like. I think that was our very first out of town show. Um, and the sound is really like not like it's not off because I think the person recording was off. I think it's just it's hard to record a band from behind, uh, you know, and like have it sound great, and especially in the basement. But that was. Yeah, I think that was at Bunker House. I'm forgetting the person's name who recorded that, but it's always... Oh, hold on one second. My friend um, Andrew Chadwick back in Gainesville has uh, been recording live shows in Gainesville for like over 10 years now and has this like incredible catalog of like of, of live music and from every genre um, and every, you know, um, level of kind of like getting there or not. Um, and it's cool to have that. It's cool to watch it. It's also cool to watch bands progress. Um, Cause I watched that bunker house video before, like fairly recently and be like, wow, we're <laughs> um, it's cool that we sound better than that now. <laughs> oh, I think it's awesome. Really? Okay, cool. Well, thanks. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that was a fun show. And that, um, that was in um, like in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And that, I, we played Raleigh now a few times. I have a couple friends who live there in Chapel Hill now. Um, and that's a cool, that's a cool city to go to. It's interesting because it is like, it's a college. I mean, it's not just a college town. It's like colleges town. Um, and they've got like folks doing really cool shit, but there's also still that feeling of just like, oh, good live music, um, you know, and like, and it gets a really, a really cool cross section of people who aren't just all like, you know, there for one kind of music or there for one kind of experience. And it's also like always, you know, now that I'm like a bit like now that I'm in like my mid thirties, it's, it's cool to watch young people go to their first shows um, with like kind of a, I don't know, not like being a snotty, like mid early 20 something. Who's just like, Oh my God, they don't fucking know. You know, like they don't know what they're doing now. I just look at them like, it's, this is so cool. It's so cool that you're like seeing this and that, you know, this is like a, uh, an important uh, time for you. And this is really special and it feels like, you know, it's special to be a part of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're, when you're 15 at a punk rock show, you have this kind of feeling mm -hmm. of like, 
oh, I'm so lame. Everybody's looking at me kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's either that or like being like, they're incredibly self-aware and just really like painfully shy and don't want to do or say the wrong thing. Or there's this like incredible confidence and hubris. It's just like a little overwhelming, uh, you know, like, but it's also kind of funny to watch and be like, you're gonna hopefully grow out of this in a couple of years and be really cool. But it's <laughs> yeah. Have an ego on your kid. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wait until the, the social anxiety comes kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Or when you like live with the social anxiety and realize you don't have to mask it anymore by being too cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. Like now the older that I get going, especially going on tour and playing shows in new places where I don't have, you know, in, in Richmond, I Richmond is a small enough city where there it's a super connected group of people and so you know obviously every year there's like new 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 people coming into it because we're also a college town um but there's a familiarity to it and it's interesting to kind of experience it like from the outside to be uh, yeah just take it all in like when you go to new places mm-hmm. like uh vcu and all that there's kind of an influx yeah 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 i mean it's every year and vcu is a big is a big art school um, and I think the biggest, the biggest student body in the state. Um, so we, yeah, every year there's new, new kids. Um, one thing that's kind of been a bummer in Richmond lately is that a lot of the venues and a lot of the, um, there are always like some house show spots that, that folks will go to, but so many of like, of the places that shows are happening usually have like a, uh, like an older crowd or they're 21 and up. Um, and so it's not getting to see some of those young kids. I mean, I know young kids are going to shows, but um, I don't get, I'm maybe just one of those old people who just isn't going to the, the cool kids shows yet or anymore. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that, that classic struggle between having all ages shows, which are more fun or mm-hmm. being able to sell enough alcohol to keep being a video. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a hard yeah. Or like, here's a show at a house. Um, and it may not be accessible to everybody. It may not feel like safe to everybody. And it honestly, like sometimes isn't, uh, you know, but it's like, Oh, let's crowd way too many people in this small fucking room. Um, that, and it's fun and I love it. Uh, you know, and I, I want to go to those shows forever. Um, but every now and then like the, you know, my, like, I'll kind of be like, this is, this is, this is precarious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, but that's, I don't know, part of the excitement. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, we have maybe one or two spots in town that are, um, that are all ages, but they're also kind of the, um, on the larger side of like smallish venues. Um, and so they're only having shows when it's like a, you know, a a band with a bigger draw coming in. So it's not going to be, uh, a, you know, an 18 and 19 year old new band that's going to draw like 18 people. It's like the band that's going to need to bring in like three, like 300 people um, for it, which is cool because you get a good cross section, but I don't know. I want to know what the kids are doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
We actually what? we we had a uh, a local venue in Columbia up until recently uh, that basically put out an open call, and it was like we want you to play your first show here. Mm-hmm. That's and as cool. you can imagine, so many you know just magical mm-hmm. you know shows happen there. Yeah. yeah. There is an event in Richmond for um, an annual event here called First Times a Charm. Um, and they, the whole premise with that is that people would form new bands and then play their first show like a, like a month or two later. Um, and there are a couple of really cool bands that popped out of that. Or there are some people, maybe that band itself didn't stick, but just playing in bands did stick. Um, and that, that was cool to like watch this kind of like prompt their like open call to like, have people perform and like yeah just to hey you know both you can do this too but also like you should do this it's really fun and like first shows are really cool Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's a special a special thing um for sure uh yeah (laughs) yeah i i I really like uh i really like richmond yeah it's a good it's a good city I'm, mm -hmm, I'm, i'm a big fan i moved i moved here I was living in DC for a year and I came down when I first moved to DC. Um, it was one of the first best friends day weekends and a good friend of mine, a couple of good friends of mine from Florida um, were up for it. Uh, Cause that's kind of, I think how it all started was friends in Richmond and friends in Florida wanting to get together and um, came down from DC for that and just like fell in love with Richmond. I, you know, got, excited about the city and DC is a strange place, especially at that time where it just felt like, you know, I could see a million cool shows. Like the first night I lived there, I saw Sonic Youth play. Um, you know, like there was cool, cool, uh, bands like coming through all the time. Cause it's a, you know, it's a bigger, it's a bigger city. Um, but I also just felt like I didn't make any friends or like know anybody while I was there. Um, and so it was like an interesting dynamic and like, there'd be a couple shows where it's like, this is a, this is a, a show or this is a band that I'm watching that like would be so much more fun if I had like my arm around like a good friend singing the lyrics with them. Um, you know, or like having, like, I remember I called uh, a good friend once, like when a band was playing, cause it was like our song, um, and wanted to make sure that she heard it. Um, but I came down to Richmond a few times and it just was always like a super, uh, uh, like just a super inviting, great place. And it was also not nearly as expensive as DC, but it wasn't Florida anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up coming um, here in 2008 and then was here until um, uh, I moved back to Florida for a few years in 2013. Um and went and went down to Florida to do grad school, but also just, I don't know. I thought maybe I would move back there. Um, and ultimately like I, it, Gainesville has a very, very special place in my heart. It's always like, you know, my hometown. Um, but it made a lot of sense for me to come back to Richmond because Richmond is such a good balance of things. Like it's not, it's not a big city, but it's close enough to them. If I want, if I, you know, need to get, need to go. I can do that. It's close enough to home where if I need to be back within a day, I can be back within a day. Um, it's affordable ish still. Um, and there's, uh, yeah, opportunities to kind of like balance playing music and then also having like the, the work that, that I do. Um, yeah, it made sense. So I moved back here in 2000, 
2016. I've been back since. It's been, it's been really good. Cool. I, I was wondering, um, you know, about, about that when the when the song's on the new uh, EP, um, mm-hmm. which for our listeners is called uh, "What's the Saddest Song You Know," which I think <laughs> is a great title. Uh, but but you have the track "Just a City," which is kind of about moving. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I wrote of, that. I wrote that. I played that. Um, that was a song I did with with my old band Bad Magic, um, but wanted to kind of like have a, a recorded version of it that was more stripped down. So that one is just like, it's just me and the guitar. There's not like a, you know, other guitar sounds. There's no harmonies on it. Um, I wrote that song shortly after I moved back to Richmond because it was, it ended up being, sorry, my dog is like getting all into um, <laughs> the uh, chords and whatnot. Um, yeah, I wrote that. I had just moved back to Richmond and another good friend of mine had moved as well and i and it ended up being a rougher go coming back than i anticipated um and i remember i was listening to an interview with um with some musician and she was talking about you know how much she like loves new york city and she's just like oh you know it's like such an incredible city and it's like a city's just a city um and then it just kind of thought about like yeah how yeah, that, I mean, that song is about, like, my friend and I kind of commiserating about how much more challenging moving, especially moving back to places we'd already lived before, um, how much more challenging we thought, how much more challenging it was than what we thought it was going to be. Um, and definitely the first, like, six or seven months that I live that I moved back here, I moved back with not a lot of stuff, and so I just went thrifting all the time. So it's just about... It's just about reacclimating and just trying to like get over some of the like, oh, okay, I'm going to move here and it's going to like figure out some of my problems or solve some of the things that, um, you know, we're, we're missing or not going right before. And it ultimately it's just like, I don't, it's not going to really fix that much. Hmm. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. That's what that one's about. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. It, it kind of, um, kind of cements your solo works. Uh, kind of stuff against some of what I consider to be kind of like Southern dark music. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> genre wise. I'm definitely a dark Southerner. So that makes sense. <laughs> it kind of, you know, and you know, be, yeah. me being from South Carolina, um, you know, yeah. I, I always appreciated stuff like Jason Molina and stuff like that. Oh God. Yeah. One of the songs on there. Um, so that's another band I got to see when I lived in DC was I got to see Magnolia Electric Company um on the um the trial and errors tour. Mm-hmm. Um and it was like it was incredible. It was like uh yeah. Um but he's like one of my like biggest musical like it, I rip him off super hard and like a lot of stuff. But on that trial and errors record, they he has this um I think it's the first song they do uh they cut into Neil Young out on the weekend. Um, and it's just so perfect and like a kind of unexpected. Um, it just makes sense because, you know, I think when he first came out, I had a couple of friends who were just like, Oh, he's such a Neil Young ripoff. And like, yeah, but that's what's cool. Um, <laughs> I'm also a very, very big Neil Young fan. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought that was really, I always liked that, that he, that he, Oh, it's on almost as good enough. Um, 
And I thought that it was great that he did that. And I just loved it. And then right after he passed away, um, I, uh, I had written a song, the second song that's on that EP. So that's actually an older song that I re-recorded um, called Bleed. And I thought as like a live tribute, I would just add a couple lines from um, from that song Lioness because I realized the chord progression on that song was the same chord progression as Lioness. And I was like, well, as long as I'm like ripping off the song, I might as well just like really rip off the song. <laughs> uh, so the, the bridge is, um, is from... Uh, it's from Sansa Hire, Jason Molina, the um, lioness. Uh, and then it, it just fit. And I just decided like, oh, well, instead of doing this every now and then live, I think this is just a part of the song now. Um, or just a part of that song now. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. It's, uh, you know, there's definitely a line to be drawn from Neil Young to Molina mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you. Um <laughs> cool <laughs> you know like like a shared you know southern yeah. gothic kind of yeah yeah i mean the i like i you know i think there's the more i don't know i could talk a lot about both of them and um i think there's you know obviously like Neil Young very very heavily influenced jason molina's music but i think he jason molina also just goes in these like just dense dark like very I don't know, descriptive places. I think as a writer, it's just kind of a, like thinking about, yeah, I don't know, just like diving in that hard into stuff um, and being that like descriptive of it is something I've always thought was really like powerful about Jason Molina. I don't know. Yeah, um, for yeah. sure. I'm yeah. a very big fan. <laughs> I, I was thinking uh, with your description of just a city uh, it makes me think mm-hmm. about uh, Just Be Simple. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which has uh-huh. a similar theme. Um, yeah. You'll never hear me talking about. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's always interesting to, like, you know, the, like, I don't ever, when I'm writing music, there's never just, like, this is a this is a musician who I want to, like, most closely, like, replicate or, like, do their thing. Um, but it's just, it's always there, you know, in the, in the ether, um, whether it's like present, like in the forefront of your mind or not. Um, and it's always interesting to like hear afterwards and be like, oh, you're right. Like this is like, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't thought about how similar it is to just be simple, but it makes a lot of sense. And I think, yeah, from the same place for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's and, not like he was the first person <laughs> to, to point out that moving isn't going to solve your personal problems oh yeah <laughs> yeah why well, i put a new address on the same old loneliness it's like i mean mm. he just has lines that like just kill you um he's this one seven inch that i've never been able to find and even if i did i don't think i could afford at this point because it was a super limited run but i found um a video of it on youtube and then ripped it um and he, it's this um two song seven inch called no moon on the water I forget who put it out, but I don't think it was secret, secretly Canadian. And one side is no moon, um, no moon on the water, which is just this beautiful song. But then on the second side is this song um, called the human world, which I think it's like, I think it might be under two minutes long, but it is the most devastating, beautiful, saddest song I've ever, ever heard. Like the last line in it, 
is you're going to lose a lot. You'll get used to it somehow. And it's just like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> like how, like, yeah, it's just, it's so that just sticks with me. And I think a lot, I think I was listening to just that song a lot when I wrote most of the songs that are on that and PJ Harvey, um, like the Rid of Me record for sure. Um, I would, but I was, those are, I think the two big things I was listening to a lot when I wrote most of those songs. Um, and so if there's like a, like a direct line or like, you know, comparisons or even like just straight up ripoffs, I'll own it. It's all there. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's the right word for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, certainly a bunch of tip, tip of the hats. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, now she's decided to play with the squeakiest toy she could find. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that happens too. Uh-huh. Yeah, great. Wow. You know, she doesn't actually ever play with that one either, which is the funny part. Like, we have, I have like a whole, like a little box full of different toys for her. Um, and uh, yeah, she very rarely chooses this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's okay. Well, it works. Yeah. It sounds like an instrument. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. It's been fun to play guitar around my dog more. I don't know. I just got her in January. So there's still a whole lot of like, just us like getting used to each other. I also couldn't have picked a better time to get a dog. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it's fun to just like sit on the couch like with, with her and, and play some songs. Uh, Cause I usually, I hadn't, I hadn't done that a lot of like around, like in the house um, in the past couple of months. It's been nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Was there any like burning questions or. <laughs> uh, you know, we don't usually, when we do these interviews, uh, yeah. write down too many questions. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, uh, oh, one thing I want to know, uh, <laughs> that's kind of an actual specific question what was the the impetus behind the album art on feeling wild and who did it um so my friend uh renata did the art so she's a a good friend from florida who moved up to uh philly renata rojo um and i wanted before we were even like had enough songs for an album i like knew that i wanted to talk to her about doing the album art uh, but nobody else in the band really, really knew her. Um, and then we went up to, I think, play our first show in Philly. And everybody met Renata and um, and her partner, Tony, and just fell in love with both of them. Uh, and then we ended up, I forget what happened. We went, oh, we went up to go play. We were playing in Philly and New York. Or something like that but another show had just like never quite materialized so we just had more time in Philly than planned and just spent the whole day like with Renata like um going around town and everybody just loved her and, and then when we want went to go do the album art like there was just no question about it like yeah it's definitely going to be Renata we just talked to her we sent I like sent her we sent her the like songs and lyrics and she just kind of went wild um, and she went real wild and it's amazing. Um, and I, I like could not ask for cooler, better art. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it's good. definitely one of my favorite, uh, you know, front album arts from anything yeah. from the past decade. Uh huh. Oh God. That's 
amazing. Thank you. Yeah, that was all. We, we gave her no, uh, like she sent us, she sent us a couple of things that she had been working on. And then she sent us that and it was just like that. This is it. Um, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's perfect. It's so good. We, we got, we got really lucky on that. Cause it's just, yeah. Um, it's, it's so good. <laughs> she has an Instagram. It's, I forget what it is. It's like underscore underscore, uh, Matate. But I'm gonna find it for real, and then you can look at all of Renata's great art. Awesome. And yeah, yeah, it's a, like underscore underscore Matate M A T A T E. But yeah, um, and all of like I, I have like art that she made like you know seven or eight years ago that I I still have. That I think it's just so amazing. All of our I don't know just really really great <laughs> it, it's awesome um, it it fits with uh you know the themes of the album really well too yeah i thought so I, it's yeah it's a little yeah it's really it's really just good sorry now i'm looking at the album art and i'm just like damn it's so good <laughs> uh, um yeah weird psychedelic donkey people yeah she killed it um and then in the insert she did the center all the lyrics and she wrote Every, like everything out and that was really cool yeah and like the stuff inside of it is just so good she's just like i don't know i can't think right now it's like it's so good it's too good <laughs> that's the story with that and so she's like another friend who's a florida transplant up to up to philly yeah that's awesome yeah it brings it all all back to the beginning uh-huh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that 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 album seems to have kind of a, a heavier focus on like existential kind of issues. This was, you know, I, I play guitar in this band too, but Chris, Chris largely writes like all of the like guitar parts for it. And so then he just teaches me, you know, the, the rhythm, the rhythm, and then he'll do like the, you know, the, the lead, the lead guitar parts over it. Um, and it's been kind of cool to not have to think about like what I'm going to write for guitar. Um, but it's also been kind of cool to like, let the music just be like the prompt for the song instead of kind of like either writing them hand in hand. Um, or like, I don't think I'm, a, I'm like, was, I'm a late bloomer to play music in general. So I didn't start playing until I moved to Richmond. So I didn't start playing until I was almost 26. So I think like to an extent because of that, I'll just never be like, you know, a fluent guitar player, just like a super a super great guitar player. Again, I don't think I'm a bad guitar player at this point. I think I'm, I'm think I'm just fine. Um, and I'm okay with just being like, just fine guitar player for forever. Um, but it's cool because Chris is a very, very good guitar player and super gifted with that. Um, and also has like a really distinct point of view, um, musically. And it's just been cool to kind of let that, let that lead me to like what I'm writing and, Sometimes it takes me to kind of frantic places and that, that feels really good too. Um, yeah. The, it also kind of felt nice just to kind of like freed up a little bit and be like, not sometimes thinking so much about the lyrics, but just kind of the sound. Um, and then letting the lyrics just kind of find it. That's been, um, but then still kind of, you know, neurotically making sure that everything still has an arc to it and isn't just like random shit. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but it's been, it's been, I think, really good for me to kind of to see that. And I think it's made me a, a better guitar player for sure. Um, and just kind of learning new styles and playing a fuckload faster. Um, but yeah, that's been, 
that it's been, it's, I, I love being in this band. I miss my bandmates so much and I can't wait till we play shows again. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we were writing new stuff too. So hopefully when this, all this is done, we'll have a chance to like actually get like new, new things out there. Cause I was pretty excited about some of the new stuff we were, we were doing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're, <laughs> we're definitely looking forward to that. <laughs> Thanks. That'll, That's that exciting. Be <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, it's also always nice when you do things and people say nice things about it or not just like that. I don't know. I always trust to like, you know, your friends are always going to tell you something nice. Like they're always going to be like, Hey, that was really great. Or like, yeah, y'all really like played up there. Um, but strangers don't owe you anything, you know, like, so when, (laughs) when people we don't know come up like and say nice things about the, like the, the band or the music or the show that we just played, it always, is like, um, you know, I don't know, like, you didn't have to do that. Like, you owe me nothing. Like, you're not like, you know, like my good friend, or you're not um, anybody who needed to go out of their way and say that. And so it's always really sweet. Um, and it's, it's cool that it's cool that people like it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's so nice of you. <laughs> I mean, um, for, for Comfort <laughs> Monk, we ask people to be on the show that we like <laughs> their music, you know? Yeah. It means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's very it's it's yeah. I don't know. I don't have words to describe the feelings that, but it's like it's really. I don't know. Music is just so cool and powerful and weird. Um, yeah, and like special and personal. Uh, I don't know. It's it's. I love being a part of it. I love being a listener of it, and it's cool when people give you tell you nice things about like the contributions you make to it. Uh, that's special. Yeah. Awesome. Well, on that note, uh, yeah. I really appreciate all your time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. That, like, yeah, this is fun. I'm sorry. I was half awake in the first five minutes or so. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I hope, um, I hope you're doing well and yeah. Uh, yeah. You, and yours too. <laughs> you too. All right. Have a good night. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, Julie. This has been a Comfort Monk production.